Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Welcome to The Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. I'm here tonight with a very special guest. We're going to talk about living a life of divine encounters, a life full of divine encounters. I'm here with Patricia Bootsma. She is a senior leader uh, with the uh, Catch the Fire movement, uh, profound prophetic voice, uh, very uh, timely, accurate, with a right now message for the body of Christ. I don't know any serious believer who's not hungry for a lifestyle of divine encounters. And I'm so honored to welcome Patricia to the broadcast. Patricia, thank you for taking the time to share with our listeners tonight. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me on. I'm really excited and thrilled. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We're going to be talking about your new book and concepts around the new book. The book is called A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters uh, Through Prayer, Prophecy, and the Living Word. And I like that, the living word. God is alive. Jesus is alive. And so the word is not something that we uh, merely read that just, you know, it sort of resides on a page, but it's living. It jumps off the page. It speaks to us. It becomes rhema. It becomes prophecy. It becomes an experience in and of itself when we're students of the word. This book was forwarded by John Arnott, uh, founder of Catch the Fire, and uh, it has just been a thrill uh, to go through the pages of the book. Let me ask you, how, what sort of inspired you to write, uh, to write this manuscript? You know, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I really have it burning on my heart for people to walk in the fullness of destiny. Fullness, I, I just have had that even as, since a child, to be honest with you. I was growing up on the family farm in Canada here uh, as a farmer's daughter and um, was encountered by two people when I was eight years old and they prophesied and spoke about what I was going to do in the future, tell people about Jesus, lead people to Jesus, travel the world and speak. Now, I wasn't even born again until I was 12, and I also wow. attended uh, the family church where no women did anything but make tea, put out cake. So I'm like, what? <laughs> but, I, but, my, but my heart burned inside of me. Now, I don't even know, who, you know who, if, whether these were actually people or potentially um, they could have been angels that came in human form, but I know what I saw. I know what I heard. 
And so even since that time, I was like, I want to fulfill the God-given calling on my life. I want to fulfill this destiny. And so I really have that for other people. Now, what this book is about is, yeah, encountering God, but living, you know, he's to living the fullness of what he has for us. Now, I don't see how we can live the fullness of God's call if we're not people a of prayer, like mm-hmm. really coming before him in unity and prayer. Uh, people of the word, and yeah, like you mentioned, the living word, but you know what Jesus said in John 5, he said, you you search the scriptures from them, you you think you have life, but you're not willing to come to me to have mm-hmm. life. In other words, we want to encounter the living word through the written word, and then through prophecy, really about hearing God, you know, hearing the you know, prophecy's got many different levels to it, but be able to discern the will of God, to walk in the fullness of God's desire for us. So, Really, this is about encountering God in, in all three of these areas. Really, the book is split into thirds, you know, each topic mm-hmm. being a third. And and practicals. That's another thing that I really feel important to convey to the body of Christ is give me practicals, you know. Sometimes when you're hearing yes. some great supersonic prophetic voice and it's awesome and I love it too, but then I'm like, hey, take it down to the practical level so the average everyday believer can attain this, can hear God for themselves, can walk and live a prophetic lifestyle themselves. And so, so really that's what it's about, you know, but in essence, you know, loving Jesus, living your calling. I, I love that. And I love the practicality of the book because you're right. And I like that word you use, supersonic. You know, we, we read all these grandiose revelations and they're real. People have these, you know, magnificent encounters, but sometimes the everyday Christian can't really relate to that. There are ways to to access the Spirit legally, and we do that through prayer. We do that through hearing His voice, you know, seeing in the Spirit, uh, and and, and the Word of God grounds us. And so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, God, of course, if we're going to see in the Spirit realm, I believe He has to open our eyes. He has to show us. We can't just choose to legally poke around and see whatever we want. We Mm -hmm. see what he shows us, uh, but if we don't get the faith in our heart to see, or we don't get the faith in our heart to hear, we don't get the faith in our heart, you know, to to see answered prayers, then then we're we're not going to see that which we don't have the faith for. So I love how you've broken this down into three parts. And so the first part is really prayer. So give us a, you know, you talk here about prophetic prayer. And I think for all of the, the awesomeness of the restoration of the prophetic movement, when people hear prophetic prayer, a lot of times they still don't know what that means. So can you just take a minute or two and explain what, what do you mean by prophetic prayer? Well, really, I want to give two different definitions, if that's okay. First of all, prophetic prayer, mm-hmm. many of may know that as well. I'm hearing from God what he wants to pray, pray back to him, and then see it happen. It's really true. We hear from God, you know, and then we pray it back to him, and then he does it. And so absolutely that is a form of prophetic prayer in terms of, you know, what is God saying that he wants to do? I want to pray it in. I've heard this term and I agree with it is prophecy is the springboard into the pool of prayer. In other words, um, you know, many times what we receive revelation, that's what you get from God. Then there's interpretation. What does it mean? But then there's application. What do I do with it? And many times application needs to begin with prayer, where we're we're crying out for God to accomplish this thing that he has said in, it's in his heart to do. So there's definitely that. But I also go into in that chapter about what I call prophetic decree. And that really is starting to decree the things that the Lord has spoken to you, or some of it can be pure scripture. For example, in uh, Joshua 1.8, it says this, it says, 
this book of the law, you will meditate on it, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Well, we all want to be prosperous and have good success. I'm assuming we do. But there's a key there, meditating on the word, meditating on his words. Now, if yes. in the Hebrew, meditate is hagah, which means to ponder out loud to oneself or to even mutter out loud. And so I'll just tell you how, how I learned this was back when um, years ago, my husband was actually a bank manager. Now, he had been through Bible school. We had tons of prophecies about pastoring and ministry and all that. And I, um, you know, also like we led groups and many things, but I am trained as a registered nurse. I have a degree in nursing and I have six kids, by the way. So I had given that up and, and I was home. But then I'm like, God, you know, my husband, there he is in the bank faithful, but he's basically pastoring everybody in the bank. And he's, he's coming home semi-miserable, like he's faithful. But, you know, we know that his calling is pastoring all these prophecy so I'm like God where can I kind of switch you know prophecy for fulfillment and the Lord speaks Mm. to me and he says well what are you doing about your prophecies I want you to call them in and then I started to see scriptures that I'd never really paid attention to before like for example um, first Timothy 118 where Paul says to Timothy wage war for the prophecies over your life and then others where you know Job 22 28 you will decree a thing and it'll be established for you or in, uh, you know, life and death are in the uh, power of the tongue. And another thing that Paul said to Timothy, do not neglect the gift that was given to you through laying on the hands by the presbytery and stir up the gift of God that was in you through prophecy. So anyways, so I'm like, oh my goodness, like it, it, it doesn't mean that if I get a prophecy, it doesn't mean like that's a sign seal delivered. I actually have a part to play. Yes. And so I, I just started walking around our house and I just said, I call forth the pastor and my husband. I call forth the ministry anointing upon us. I'm reminding you, God, of your prophecies over our lives. And here they are. And then I just, you know, began to decree them out. Well, it was six months later when we reconnected. You mentioned John Arnett. John Arnett, I've known him for many years. His hometown is my hometown. And um, we were in their church. They'd married us. But then uh, they planted the church here in Toronto, and we were in a different city. And it was six months after this starting to declare, decree, pray in the prophecies that we reconnected. They were, this is May of 95, they're drowning in this revival here in Toronto, the move of the Spirit, where five million people came through in the first three years. So we came on staff in, um, in May of 1995. Then we, all those prophecies just shot up from there. Now, I'm believing God for other things, like, for example, those in my realm of authority, my children, or certainly my husband, my church, you know, my nation. And so I I do have these things that I prophetically, like I call them prophecy, but they're really declarations of what Mm -hmm. God has spoken and calling it in. And I just really think that sometimes as the church, uh, sometimes these simple truths kind of evade us, or put it this way, maybe we know it and we just don't do it. It's where, you know, God is saying, hey, come on, unpack this. You, uh, God won't do our part. We can't do his part. And so we're a partnership with him to see his purposes on earth. And so prophetic prayer is part of that, too. It's like I'm, I'm declaring what the Lord has spoken over my life, over my kid's life, what the Lord has spoken even through the word. Some of, some of the declarations can be pure scripture. It's, mm-hmm. you know, Jude 24, to him who was able to keep me from stumbling, present me faultless before the presence of his glory with great joy. So these practical things that we can, I like what you said, that God, you know, yes, he uh, initiates prophetic, but we can position ourselves. 
we can position ourselves in faith to receive what he has for us. So that's really what that's about. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really good. And some people are probably wondering, well, what's the difference between a, a declaration and a confession? Um, what would you say to that? I mean, I, I had, a, as, a, as a young Christian, I had a confession list for years because I was, I was very, I didn't know the Bible, so I got a list of scriptures and I would confess them. And I think at some point I shifted from merely confessing to, 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 to moving in a, a greater realm of faith or authority where I did actually begin to declare them. Um, but how can we yeah. help, yeah, how can we help them understand what is there to be just confessing the word and declaring the word, or are they the same? Well, I'm not sure if there's a huge difference, but if I look at Jesus, let's say when he healed the sick, he didn't say, might be your will, could you possibly, you know, no, what did he do? He declared it. He knew the will of God, so he exercised his authority. He declared, you know, blind eyes open, demon go, you know, sickness leave. And so he declared what he knew is the will of God. And this is the one thing I want to preface. And that's, that's how I see decreeing is like, I, I'm knowing the will of God or mm-hmm. declare, declaring with, uh, with faith the word of God, you know, the word of God on my tongue, the word of God in, in, it helps with the mind mouth paradigm too, because mm-hmm. the, the renewing of the mind is really important. I think maybe for some listeners today, you know, feeling a funk, feeling a, a, a depression, discouragement, all these sorts of things. But what we want to do is start and get in our mind and our mouth activated with the power of the word of God, whether it be pure scripture or whether it be a prophetic word of God that you know, you know, is a confirmed word of God over you, that we start to meditate on it, but declare it. And it's amazing how it's really part of, I believe, also resist the devil and he will flee from you mm-hmm. because we're declaring God's truth. We're declaring his word in faith. And it's like, uh, things shift. How did God create the world? He spoke. You know, so we speak, you know, call those things that are not as though they were. So some of it may be where we're declaring, if you will, or speaking, um, you know, the, the what's yet to come. And maybe that's a little different than confession. Confession, you know, yes, speaking the word, the truth of the word of God. Um, let me give you an example. So mm-hmm. our, we have one son, five daughters. So our son, the Lord said, name him Judah. He's the oldest one. So Judah is presently, you know, he's 28 years old. But um, even when he was a child, the Lord really impressed upon my husband and I that he was going to be a worship leader in his name. Judah means praise. And so we would actually just declare that, you know, we bless our son. Judah is, is a worship. He loves worship. Our son walks in excellence in a worship spirit and so things we would just declare it because we knew the lord had spoke it well mm-hmm. sure enough you know is really when he was age 12 that everything started to take off in terms of his worship anointing his gifting he presently is in hawaii with his wife three three kids i know he's he's only 28 but married had three kids and they're he's a leader on the ekbolo School of Missions that Lou Engle um, uh, started just recently, and, wow. and he's one of the main worship leaders. And you went to Hillsong College in Australia for worship school. I mean, all those things came to pass, but it was like it's a form of warfare to declare the will of God, the words of God, the, the, the destiny of God over ourselves and over those in our sphere of influence. And, yeah, it's powerful stuff, you know, the declared word of the Lord in our mouth. It, it really is. And, and as you were speaking, I just had this, this thought, it was a revelation to me, you know, confessing and declaring, I found, I guess in my own personal experience, that confession would build my faith, 
But at some point, my faith was built up so much through the confession that I began to declare it with a with a bolder stance. So in other words, I'm not just confessing and agreeing, but I am standing in that kingly role and decreeing a thing. And again, like you spoke of in the in, in, in the book of Job, you decree a thing and it shall be established. And I think that's a little more powerful to, to decree or declare than just to confess, but it's all good. Anytime we can get the word in our mouth, it's a good thing because God's word, as, 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 as you know, the scripture says, God's word shall not return to him, boy, but it will accomplish that which we send it to do. And when we send it with our mouth, we even uh, activate angels. Psalm 103, verse 20, that the angels are hearkening to the voice of God's word. And when we speak his word, their ears perk up and they are ready for action. So I just love, 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 love uh, this book, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters, uh, Patricia, this is, this is so practical, yet it's profound. It's, you know, it, it's got, it's just packed with so much information. I, I want to end Revelation, but I want to ask you about the seer realm, because I've got right now running this year the School of the Seers at schoolofthespirit.tv, and we've got hundreds of students who are hungry. Some of them are very, uh, very new to the seer realm, and I've been teaching that you don't have to be a seer to see in the spirit. You can be a seer. Maybe you'll see deeper. Maybe that's a, a gift that you walk in steadily and frequently and, and, and as a service to the body, but you don't have to be a seer to see in the spirit. So can you just talk a little bit about, about what you've learned about the seer realm as it relates to, to this book and your, your concept yeah. here of these divine counters? Yeah. Sure, let's do that. And by the way, Jennifer, it's really amazing because you and I, as you know, we've never met before, and this is our first encounter in speaking. But here mm-hmm. I am um, scheduled to talk to you this evening, and somebody sends me today in my inbox a prophetic word from Jennifer LeClaire. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. This just <laughs> feels on, very no, prophetic. No. You know, it's where you, <laughs> you prophesied about unshakable birthing transition and more. So well done on that. I'm uh, I'm. Uh, been a busy day. I just got it today, but I've been partly listening to it. So well done. So, you know, the whole seer realm, there's really, I think, some different levels to this, but let's just look at this for a moment. For example, um, we can see pictures, uh, still pictures, let's say, in our inner eye where, where it's like the Lord is speaking. A picture is worth a thousand words. So, for example, sometimes I, I think about, is it Jeremiah 1? where the Lord says, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he's saying, well, I see the branch of an almond tree. Well, this goes on into a prophetic word about, you know, the Lord saying, I'm watching over my word to perform it. And mm-hmm. there's a play on words there because in Israel, the almond tree is the first one to bud in the spring, and therefore it watches all the other trees bud. So do you see how, okay, maybe he saw that literally, or we can see things in the spirit, but it has a prophetic meaning to it. Let me give you another example. I, um, this is something didn't just see in my spiritual eyes. I saw this, a praying mantis at my door every week, or sorry, every day for three weeks. I'm like, okay, little praying mantis. I'm like, okay, God, are you trying to say something to me? Because in in suburban Toronto, you do not see praying mantises normally, and he's there every day for three weeks. And sure enough, the Lord was speaking to me saying, I want you to learn to pray more. And that launched in this whole lesson about prayer and leave the house of prayer here and that sort of thing. Anyways, but getting back to the pictures, the things that we can see, let's say, in our inner eye, a vision unfolding, and sometimes we can have outer visions, right, where we're seeing with our, our natural eyes. It's almost like, like watching a movie or something, but it's a supernatural occurrence. So that's great, and God's many times giving us uh, messages through that. So we, again, revelation, what do you get from God? Maybe you're getting a picture, maybe you're getting a vision, interpretation, what does it mean, and application, what do you do with it? 
But here is another level is seeing, well, seeing the spirit realm around us. As we know, um, there are just this angelic realm. Now, when I was a child, I actually saw a lot of demons. And I, as I've talked to prophetic people, I, you know, minister and teach prophecy. I've seen a lot of people who have like a, a gift, you know, in the prophetic. But unfortunately, it's children like me. I was frightened to see because I saw demonic stuff. And even in the family mm. farm where I grew up, I would um, discover when I would you know, tour the farm or uh, just go on a little walk or whatever. I'd sometimes see things that would look like seances from a past years of something that happened on the family farm. Anyways, so even for a period of time, I turned off that ability to see in the spirit realm. But so now, you know, been asking obviously God to turn it back on again, where mm-hmm. you'd see in the angelic realm, um, sometimes, uh, you know, it's more like, inner sense of an angel's presence or sometimes you can actually see them with your with your physical eyes then there's the third heaven encounters now i don't want to you know i I don't know exactly what you feel about this but i i get a little bit like when i hear somebody says yeah i went to the third heaven today and then i was there yesterday and i was there the day before yeah so to to me i'm like oh it doesn't really sound like a third heaven encounter because paul you know speaks of this once in second corinthians 12 as we know about the third heaven and so I can say that there has been definitely experiences that I've had in that realm, but it really marks you, like as in it's not trite. And uh, mm-hmm. I have found that, you know, this, but it's possible because as we see it in the scripture, and uh, many times it's like that, you know, seeing in that realm, it, let me just give you one quick example. Mm-hmm. I was just praying, worshiping, spending time with God. All of a sudden, I know my body's on earth, but I feel like I'm in heaven and I can see all these things. And I saw my, all these people and I just immediately knew it's like, you know, things in that realm that you don't know here, but I knew that they were my family tree or ancestors. And then I even saw my grandmother and she'd been dead for 10 years. Now don't take this as saying, okay, you need to conjure up the dead. That's not what you're hearing me say. Mm -hmm. This was initiated by the Lord. And all I can say is that I was in awe thinking, oh my goodness, I'm not dead yet. I can see this, what's happening, oh God. But I was so undone. As I heard these words said to me, they said, we are cheering you on. You, Patricia, you have the capacity to bring light into dark places. Our race is over, our time is done. But tell them of this place and tell them he's worth it all. That was the message. He's worth it all. And I tell you, I was weeping. I will never, ever, ever forget that encounter. It marked me forever. And where I, I honestly, you know, I've said to the Lord many times, Lord, every day that I live, every breath that I breathe, let it be lived for your glory because you are worth it all. And I think there's something of when we get a glimpse into eternity, and that's what I believe God wants to do with prophetic voices. He wants to, at times, give us an eternal Definitely an eternal perspective and where we can, and in, in he wants to give all of us as believers an eternal perspective. Even as he said in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, store up treasures in heaven. It's real. That realm is real. And yes. so, you know, the petty things that can get us off or distract, if we really live for forever now, it makes a big difference in how we live our lives. So we're not living our lives for temporal gain or temporal crowns, as Paul says in First Corinthians 9, you know, that he was watching the athletes train and saying they do it for a temporal crown but i you know for an eternal crown how much more do i want to discipline myself 
as an athlete disciplines itself they, themselves for their they have a temporal crown we have an eternal crown so i don't know i just feel like these levels of seeing yeah see pictures go for it ask god for it position yourself to see visions amazing god can give you know um visions and and encounters that way but we can also i think more and more see in that angelic realm see as mm-hmm. elisha said lord open the eyes of my servant and then there'd be the third heaven so that's what i would say um, is that God is really wanting to awaken the eyes of a seer, but then it's for all of us, you know, because I, what is the, the office is for, as we know, for uh, Ephesians 4, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. So in other words, so we can all do it, so we can all see, that's so right. we can all hear. That's right, that's right, that's right. It might not be at the same level as a seer, you know, right. before, you know right. but, but we should all be able to see. That was the scripture Paul prayed you know, and, and I've prayed that so many times. The eyes of my heart may be enlightened. You know, the, the, those apostolic prayers in Ephesians and Colossians and, and those strengthen our inner man and build faith in our, in, in our spirit. And, 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 you know, studying the seer realm or studying prophecy or studying prayer or just studying the word builds faith in you. And so the word and yes. the spirit operate together. They agree. They are working together. The, the Holy Spirit will confirm a word that I preach, for example, with signs and wonders following. Jesus worked with the disciples. And so we see so much of how important the Word is because, as you know quite well, without the Word, we get off in the Spirit. We get loopy sometimes. Without the Spirit, we get dry and legalistic sometimes. So finding that balance between walking in the Word and walking in the Spirit, in other words, doing it both at, you know, doing it both at the same time, you know, and I think that requires study. And one of the chapters in your book here, A Lifestyle of Divine Encounters, uh, you can find it on Amazon.com or Destiny Image. And probably, what's your website? Is it on your website as well? Yeah, I do have PatriciaBootsman.com. Okay, so yeah. you can visit that site as well. But, you know, studying the Bible, that's one of your chapters. I feel like so many Christians today appreciate and love the word, but we, we get these, you know, devotionals, which are awesome. I mean, I've written several devotionals, and we get these, you know, reading plans, which is great, but there's something deeper, I believe, that happens in our mind, the renewal of our mind, when we actually study the Bible. So talk to us a little bit about that with regard to your book, The Power of the Word and The Power of the Study. Well, I'm so glad that you brought that up. You know, can I just say one of my pet peeves, <laughs> one of my pet peeves is prophetic people that don't know the Bible. It's because, you know, uh, as my husband would say, um, if it's not in you, it won't come out of you. And so we need to eat the scroll. We need to be people of the word. And then it'll come out of us, including in prophecy, because many times the Lord will even give us words from the word. You know, the, the, yep. the locust becomes rhema. Well, I, think I was 19 years old when I was um, on a mission trip. I was actually with, uh, part of it was with Jackie Pullinger in Hong Kong. And she is wow. an amazing British missionary. But what we did with Jackie was took a hovercraft from Hong Kong to China to smuggle Bibles into China. And um, she said this. She said, okay, they will not frisk you as foreigners. So uh, I, I, believe, I had Bibles in my bra. I had Bibles in my underwear. I had Bibles everywhere. <laughs> and I had Bibles in my bag. And sure enough, I get caught with the Bibles in my bag at the border. But as I'm kind of, you know, having this discussion with this border guard, some of the team are getting through, and that was great. Long story short. Uh, we did get through that day 500 Bibles and as a team. Now, when we, then we had to act like tourists and we're in these fancy hotels. Every Bible was, especially at that time, illegal 
it was delivered underground at night, uh, um, in secret. We delivered the Bibles at night to the underground church. Something shifted in my life at that time. I'm 19 years old. I've been raised in the church. But I was thinking, how many Bibles do I have at home? I think I got five. And they are collecting dust. And I was, I'm so grateful to the Lord at that age, 19, I was pierced through and I said, I am going to be a woman of the word. These people are giving their lives for a Bible that I am taking for granted sitting on my shelf. And so I began to study the word. Now, has in the early days, was it always vibrant? Not necessarily, but I do recall that one of the names of the Holy Spirit is teacher. And so I just began to cry out, teach me, Holy Spirit, teach me. I haven't been through Bible school. I've taken lots of courses, but I haven't been through Bible school. But I do know this. I love the Word of God. To me, it's more. It's better than any movie. It's better than any novel. The yeah. Word of God is living. It is vibrant. It is. I can't imagine going through a day without being in the Word. So Amen. as we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us, He will teach us. And as we, you know, get, get understanding, one of the things that I remember a prophecy uh, from Smith Wigglesworth. Um, he gave us apparently in 1947, but he said, in the last days, one of the greatest moves of the Spirit is going to be a marriage of the Word and the Spirit. And I've seen yeah. both camps. You know, I've seen the Word camps. I was really raised in more of, of that. And it's like, oh, I longed for prophecy. I longed for the life. But then I've seen some really wacky prophetic stuff, too. And so <laughs> the marriage of both is, is phenomenal. That's what helps us grow up. And so we, okay, just a few practical tips, again, getting practical. Read through the Bible. I'd like to say to the listeners, don't skip here, skip there, and, you know, jump here, jump there. I, I would encourage you to, let's say, read at least one chapter from the old and one from the new every day. So let's say you're starting in Genesis, you're starting in Matthew, and progressively together, you know, read through. And then, because I remember it was actually Benny Hinton, who's at our church, and he said, how many people here have read through the Bible? And to our horror, of only about 10% uh, people raised their hands. And I thought, wow, you know what? There is good stuff, even in Leviticus. <laughs> you know, I, I just amazing. Yeah, there you know, the is. Prayer of Jabez. Yeah. Prayer of Jabez, First Chronicles 4, 10. It's tucked in a genealogy, for heaven's sakes. But it's like, it's incredible how you will get these nuggets. And then I like to say, add a proverb a day, add a psalm a day. But for that's one thing, read through instead of skipping. Here's another thing. If um, Sometimes we need to slow it down to and pray the word. We talked about that. But, you know, take not every verse, but one verse, two verse, things that are kind of highlighted to you that day and, and start dialoguing to the Holy Spirit about it. As we dialogue or pray the Bible, something shifts in us. Again, we're coming to him. Let's say we're, you know, reading a truth of, I don't know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. God, help me in this area like lord i i recognize i'm weak in this or whatever you're making it dialogue asking uh holy spirit to teach us train us writing down even some scriptures now i have a daughter who's on staff at ihop the international house prayer in kansas city Mm -hmm. brilliant in seeing singing the word you know and i think there's something to that too sing it say it read it write it pray it but um you know the blood of martyrs was shed that we would have a bible in our hands and it is just too rich to pass by. There's one other thing I want to add for the more mm-hmm. studious. Um, take a book of the Bible. I remember taking, for example, the book of Daniel and really studying it in depth. So getting commentaries. There's a lot of great stuff out there on the free websites, you know, different. Um, you want to get a good ones, but commentaries, let's say, or study guides or whatever. And 
it just came alive, you know, to, in a whole new way to take time to study one mm-hmm. book of the, of the Bible in depth. You know, as you know, Daniel 11 prophesies even about Alexander the Great, talking about all the different successive kingdoms and even what's yet to come. And, and so I'm like, man, God, there is so much hidden treasure in this word. And so as we, you know, ask, we, like Paul said to Timothy, show yourself approved as, as a worker as we study. Um, I like to say one other thing to your listeners, if that's okay. In my mm-hmm. experience, um, teaching people about studying the Bible, if you're only using your iPad, your iPhone, or whatever, a, a device as your Bible source, I really think you're missing out because I think we need, as our main source of Bible study, a written page Bible there's mm-hmm. something about that that we actually, you know, highlight it, underline it, whatever. You retain more. And if you have your iPhone, your Bible on iPhone for, for you know, you're in a meeting or something, that's totally fine. But I have seen people, um, you know, stop doing just on their iPad, start actually bought a Bible and get more out of it. And I'd like to encourage people in that too. Just practical things. Set aside time. I like what Corey Ten Boom, she's one of my heroes, but what she used to say, have your appointment with the king and keep your appointment with the king. Have your appointment yes. with God in prayer, in the Word of God. Put it in your day and then keep your appointment with Him. Have a time, have a place, have a schedule. You know, have your Bible with you. And I'm telling you, it, it, He will not disappoint. God will not disappoint. So we want to just ask Him to teach us, and, and He will. So it's good stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff. I find, and I'll just ask you this one more question. I know we've been on for a while, but some people will say, well, I don't have time. I'm just so busy. I just, you know, I get up and I start racing and running and I just can't make time for the word. How did, how, you know, it's a real challenge for a lot of people. It's, 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 it's overcomable. What would you say to that person that says, I, I just, I, I just can't find the time? Well, thank you for asking. I mean, I think I know busy. Six kids, uh, race, <laughs> you know, six kids in the, all born in the span of 12 years. And plus a travel ministry, plus lead a church, plus, you know, I mean, I know busy. But there's one thing I can say is this. If I don't have my time with God, I don't have anything to give away. I'm not as good of a mother or a wife or a pastor or or anything if I don't have, I must get filled up first. And so truly, Matthew 6.33 is still in the Bible. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So, you know, I have to admit, as a mother, like breastfeeding babies in the middle of the night, you know what my time with God would be? Many times from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. And then go back to sleep. And then it's the only time it was quiet in the house, you know. And then get back up get back up in the morning with the kids and do what I had to do. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me in terms of, uh, I think, diligence. I think discipline is really important. But I have to have my time with God. I, I, I don't feel complete. So take it out of your sleep if you need to. Moms out there, you know what the best gift sometimes you can do for your kids? A little less of you. <laughs> little less <laughs> of you sometimes what they need. Because they don't need you to be super mom and give, give, give and run dry. They need a little less of you in terms of where you need to get filled up. You need to have time for you, you and God. Get a babysitter if it's needed. But just have some time to get replenished in the Lord and you come back a better mother. And so... You know, I don't set your alarm. What maybe for some it's night, and and I would say, okay, that's fine. The only thing is, is that if you're only giving God the scraps, as in you're totally tired and you're dead tired, you fall asleep every time you read the Bible, you might want to schedule it a little yeah. different timing when you're a bit more alert. Um, but this is again, you know, 
um, it's like tithing, right? You can't mm-hmm. afford not to tithe. <laughs> yeah. You can't afford not totally. to tithe because you want to live under the fountain of the blessing of the Lord. You can't afford not to have time with God because you're going to live under the fountain of the blessing of the Lord, and he will pay you back, absolutely. Yes, he will. He'll redeem the time. Things that might not have yeah. gone as smoothly suddenly go smoother. You know, you might call somebody at the right time. They pick up the phone, whether you would have played phone tag otherwise. God has a way of, of, right. of you know, rewarding those who diligently seek him, and I think it's very vital for us to get that time with the king, set the appointment, keep the appointment, uh, and, yeah. and that's the way that I live. And I would not be who I am today. I, I, I would be uh, not as nice. I would be crusty. I would be. <laughs> I, I would not be nearly as spiritual. I, you know, it, I need the Lord. Without Him, I can't do a thing. And being in His, you know, being uh, being uh, connected to the vine is just so so important because we just really it just revolutionizes your life if you get in the Word. The Word changes our minds, changes our heart. And uh, it's just awesome. Well, we've been talking about the, the – go ahead. No, I was going to say, just even from talking to you, I can tell that you and I are like the type A personality, take the world by storm. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes it's a little harder for our personalities to realize we must be still, be still and know that I am God. And so mm. there is an element of the discipline to do that. But as you've learned, as I've learned <clears throat> with God – you can just go so much farther, you know, and I don't know why I'm saying this. I think because we're speaking to some people out there who are like that type A personality, go, 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 you know, busy, busy in control. And I just feel like God's saying, slow down, you know, just be with me and let me in on your day and see what we can accomplish together. Amen. Amen. That's a good word. This is yeah. an awesome book, Living a Life of divine encounters was there anything else you wanted to share anything i didn't ask you about that you feel is just really vital no um but i was just thinking is it okay if i just pray for a moment just even pray for impartation yes. is that good with yes you? we would love that yes well father thank you so much um for this time together and for everyone listening even now god in their home in their car wherever you're listening. Let the glory of the Lord come. Let the kabod weightiness of your presence just fill every heart and every life. Lord, I thank you for grace. I thank you that this isn't just about one more thing that I've got to do to prove myself to God. No, you love us just the way we are. And Father, I pray that you would impart right now a grace to know you and make you known. Lord, your glory, your presence fills every heart, every life here. Oh. And even as um, we were talking earlier about the mind and the mind and the mouth, I just feel like the Lord is, is speaking. There's more than one just struggling with discouragement, struggling with thoughts of negativity. God, we ask that you would break in with the truth of what you say about them, the truth from your word that you are God of light, you're God of love. You're not up there with a stick waiting to punish our every wrong. God, come with the revelation of who you really are. Come with the light that dispels the darkness and those dark thoughts and the negativity and the discouragement. Lord, even now as we're praying, let it be gone in the name of Jesus. Just speak to a cloud hovering over some. The cloud lifts in Jesus' name. Even the longing to hear God, but finding it hard, Lord, let the clarity come. The still, small voice. You speaking through the word. You speaking through visions and pictures and dreams. And 
encounters and angels and words of knowledge, words of wisdom. God, you're coming right now. Loose that prophetic spirit. Oh, thank you, God, for those that are already hearing you. But, Lord, we want more. Lord, I thank you for another level, another level of prophetic revelation, of accuracy, of, you know, more, more in Jesus' name. And uh, I just want to declare, too, I feel like the Lord is saying that it's such a time of taking risks. Go ahead and take risks. That there's When you know it's God, take the risk. And it, it, some people need to hear that, that you've been playing it safe or you've been, you know, kind of um, not wanting to make mistakes. And it's like the Lord's saying, it's okay. I love you unconditionally. Get back up again. If you've made mistakes, get back up again. I feel like even in the prophetic, mm. get back up again. Forgive yourself. Forgive anybody that shut you down. But get back up again with hearing God because the Lord is saying, pick up this prophetic mantle that I'm trying to give you. Pick it up by faith. So, Lord, I thank you for helping us to take risks, to get up and go on again, to forgive ourselves where we need to. But you are a faithful father. Thank you, Lord, to bless everyone listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so, so much for being on the broadcast with us tonight. Uh, you guys, you've got to get a copy of this book, Living a Life Full of Divine Encounters. It'll inspire you. It's full of the Word. So that's another way to get the Word in you is to read books that are full of the Word. Pick up your copy on Patricia's website or Amazon or Destiny Image uh, or wherever books are sold. Patricia, thank you so much. I feel like I made thank you a friend you tonight. So thank you for being on. Amen. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Jennifer. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or so into Operation Liberation, our missions arm, at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClair is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.